Welcome to episode 87 of Morning Kickoff, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I'm your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash mattwitt as well as twitch.tv slash themattwitt. You come check us out every Monday and Thursday morning or listen to all the pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Today we have a fun episode as the Vikings have recently released Kyle Rudolph. We will be recovering and recapping what happened and what is to go forward for the Vikings as well as taking a look at possible free agent Minnesota Vikings offensive linemen that we can be looking for. I hope you all do enjoy listening to this episode. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? <clears throat> if you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs, and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. On Tuesday, the Minnesota Vikings officially released Kyle Rudolph. This is the first step for this Vikings rebuild. Now, can you call it a rebuild? Not really. Because, of course, the Vikings are not moving on from Kirk Cousins. They're not moving on from Mike Zimmer yet. So it's not a rebuild, per se, but it's definitely a phase where the Vikings have to be looking at what held them back last year and how they can fix this. Well, what held us back last year was not Kyle Rudolph, and I'll say that right now. Kyle Rudolph actually had a pretty solid year, year, year when you look at it because... He had some great blocking, and all in all, he didn't drop many passes. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is not, uh, I wouldn't say he's not washed up. He is on the decline. He's on the decline, but he's not washed up yet, as a lot of Vikings fans were saying. Now, when that being said, he is not worth $8 million, which he was expected to make in 2021. He is not at all worth that kind of money. And in all honesty, the Vikings shouldn't have given him a contract extension in the first place, whereas the Vikings drafted Tyler Conklin in the fifth round out of the 2018 draft year after that they drafted Ersman Jr. out of the 2019 draft in the second round where the Vikings at the same time gave Kyle Rudolph a contract extension I mean we're in a pass heavy league but three tight ends three elite tight ends is not really what we need now no one expected Tyler Conklin to be as good as he's been but Ersman Jr. is developing into that starting role now is he ready for the starting role yet a lot of Vikings fans would say yes however I would say he's uh, I think we still need to see more I think we still need to see more from Irv Smith Jr. Now, he had a great season last year, but I still would like to see more. I saw a lot of drop passes that I did not like, and I saw a lot of missed missed reads where, I mean, yes, it can be Kirk Cousins' fault, and it can be Irv Smith uh, Jr.'s fault as well when it comes to those. We don't know because we're not here designing the plays, but all in all, I would say I'd need to see more from Irv Smith Jr., and he was not the best tight end on our roster. Now, yes, he had the best year out of any tight end on our roster, but he is not the best tight end on our roster, as that was Kyle Rudolph. The best part about cutting Kyle Rudolph is not saving $5 million in cap space. Although that's a great thing. I mean, the Vikings need all the money that they can save. And Kyle Rudolph is not going to be the only person that the Vikings are going to be cutting. The Vikings should cut Dan Bailey, Britton Colquitt, maybe Shamar Stefan. We'll have to look there. Maybe Anthony Barr. There's a lot of players the Vikings can cut and would this would really help out the cap space. That is not the best part. The best part, Vikings already have three tight ends. Vikings don't even need to draft a tight end or look to anyone in free agency. So cutting our tight end one, everyone just moves up a spot. Irv Smith Jr. is now our tight end one. Tyler Conklin is now our tight end two. And Brandon Dillon is now our tight end three. When Kyle Rudolph got injured, and I've said it multiple times in this podcast and I'll say it again. When Tyler or Kyle Rudolph got injured, we saw the tight end duo between Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith Jr. And it looked better. It looked like an improved tight end duo. Better than the tight end duo between Ersmith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph. So these guys are ready. 
And if we take a quick look at their stats, this is our tight end depth outside of the Kyle Rudolph, uh, who didn't really have a great season. Now, statistically didn't have a good season, but I would say Kyle Rudolph had an acceptable season because they were they just weren't utilizing him properly. Now, when you look at it, though, Ersmith Jr., 30 receptions, 365 receiving yards with five receiving touchdowns. Statistically, Ersmith Jr. had a great season. This looks great on record as a tight end, too. But he suffered with a lot of drop passes. And these stats don't specify it, but he suffered with a lot of drop passes, and any Vikings fan would know, and a lot of missed routes. Now, missed routes can also be a quarterback's fault. Maybe they threw it to the wrong spot. Usually, it's the receiver's fault. But Ersmith Jr., he did suffer. Now, he's well-deserved of the starting role for the Minnesota Vikings, tight end one. Of course, when you look at it statistically, he is well-deserved of the starting role. Any tight end drafted in the second round usually is the future for the team, whereas I'm kind of surprised the Vikings did give Kyle Rudolph a contract extension. Now, of course, I'll say it, Vikings, we don't want to see Kyle Rudolph go, but it was a needed move. This is undoubtedly a great move for the Vikings. You free up cap space. You have your tight ends already. You have Ersmith Jr., Tyler Conklin, and Brandon Dillon already. Now, Brandon Dillon, he is, I would say he's ready to be a tight end three. Now, of course, he just had a six-yard reception where he played three games when Kyle Rudolph was injured. But all in all, we don't need to get anyone. We don't. We have Ersmith Jr., we have Tyler Conklin, and maybe Brandon Dillon. I mean, we haven't seen enough of this guy, of course, but we have him too. Whereas the Vikings don't need to look to a tight end in the draft or even in free agency. So this is the best part about this. When you look at Tyler Conklin, whereas uh, Kyle Rudolph was injured, I believe it was four games, we had Tyler Conklin as our tight end two, where he had 19 receptions for 194 yards and a touchdown, and then Brandon Dillon, who played three games, uh, activated from the uh, uh, practice squad, he was activated to the active roster, where he had a six-yard reception. So, all in all, this is the best part about this. Vikings don't need a new tight end. We have our three tight ends right there. This is exactly what we want. We want to use that money from the Kyle Rudolph contract somewhere else, and we don't need to. We don't want it to go back to tight end. We don't need it to go back to tight end. We need it to go to offensive guard or defensive tackle, maybe safety. I'm not expecting a whole lot of safeties to be available in free agency, but offensive guard is a big one, and we're going to be talking about this, or wide receiver. This is where the money needs to go right now. You look at what held us back last year. Yes, it wasn't wide receiver, but you look at what held us back last year. It was protection for Kirk Cousins and rushing the passer. Those are the two those are the two spots, the two biggest spots where the Vikings suffered last year. Yes, they didn't have a great coverage grade as well, but a lot of that has to do with very young corners. I mean, our entire corner depth chart is on the our rookie contracts. They're all under the age of 26. But outside of that, protecting Kirk Cousins especially on the interior side of the line, and rushing the passer. This is where the Vikings' money needs to go this offseason. This is where the Vikings have to invest all of their money into. And that's why Kyle Rudolph will not be the only player the Vikings have to cut. They have to cut Dan Bailey. They have to cut Britton Colquitt. Anybody who, anybody who is not deserving of their full contract, and we can get that money back and move it to offensive line or wide receiver. When I say wide receiver, I'm talking about a wide receiver three, because if Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson gets injured, I don't want to see what's going to happen next especially after losing Kyle Rudolph. And then now, we have a lot of pieces on offense already. Wide receiver is not the biggest need. Vikings will probably put less than $10 million on the wide receiver position if they do take a wide receiver three. Now, all in all, though, Ursula Jr. can be our wide receiver three. 
we've seen him play from inside the slot and he can be our wide receiver three tyler conklin can be a blocking tight end i mean realistically wide receiver is not as big of a need as a lot of vikings fans are saying but offensive line and defensive tackle those are the two biggest needs rushing the passer and protecting kirk cousins on the interior side of the line is where the vikings suffered last year and that's where they need to invest this money into this offseason that's why kyle rudolph will not be the only player we will be cutting now kyle rudolph i, I hate to see him go but it was a needed decision Kyle Rudolph's still going to live in Minnesota, too. He's going to go play for maybe the Patriots, or although well, no one wants to go to play it. All right, no one wants to play in Massachusetts. He can go to play for the Cardinals. Cardinals is another spot people are saying he's going to choose Minnesota over Arizona, where he will live in here in the offseason, which is kind of weird. He, I mean, this is where he's raised his family. His kids are going to school here, so I can kind of see the decision there. It's more about family than business. Anyways, I do think Ersmith Jr. will be the Vikings' breakout player of the year. I wouldn't expect him to have a great of a season, as people are saying. Now, once again, I hate to doubt my players, but there is only one ball. We have players, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson. There is only one ball. I wouldn't expect that ball to go to Ersmith Jr. as much as people are saying, although I would like to see it happen. I mean, if Ersmith Jr. can fix his problem with dropping the ball a lot, then it, we might have three players surpassing 1,000 yards next year. Of course, that would be Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, maybe Adam Thielen, and Irv Smith Jr. We could have four players who surpass 1,000 yards next year if Irv Smith Jr. is as good as people are saying. Now, statistically, last year, he had a great year. And yes, he did have a great year. But we saw a lot of drop passes. And for that reason, I'm more comfortable with the ball going to Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, or Dalvin Cook than I am with Irv Smith Jr. But with that being said... Ersmith Jr. is one of those players you should take on your fantasy league next year because he might surprise a lot of people and is going to be drafted maybe somewhere around round 10 or something like that. If you can get him, I would because I do think Ersmith Jr. might be one of those sleeper picks that, of course, you're not going to start out the 2021 season, but you might move into maybe maybe take your tight end spot eventually in the season or maybe a flex spot. I mean, a tight end as a flex, I don't think that would really work. Anyways, I do think that this will help the Vikings... Um, uh, cap scenario of course it will where the Vikings can move that money to offensive guard and this will overall I don't think anyone can argue against this this was a good decision this was a needed decision for the Minnesota Vikings we hate to see Kyle Rudolph go of course he played with the team for 10 years this is where he lives in Minnesota we hate to see him go and he was a big captain for the team but once again it was a needed decision for the team as it is time to transition into Earth Smith Jr. and Tyler Conklin as our tight end duo whereas Tyler Conklin is now ready for a contract extension and Earth Smith Jr. is now ready for the starting role and this was a needed move for the Minnesota Vikings I would love we're going to talk about it on this podcast, but I would love to see the Vikings bring in Joe Thune or Brandon Sheriff. Let me know what y'all think. Minnesota Vikings free agency watch for the 2021 offseason. For our part two of this, now we covered wide receiver already. I do think wide receiver is a big need for the Vikings this offseason, but the biggest need for the Vikings in free agency is offensive guard. And you cannot ask for a better uh, group of offensive guards where the Vikings can get this year. Now, assuming about half of these guys do hit the free agent market because I would expect a lot of these players to go back with their teams. But assuming some of these players do, which they will, Vikings need an offensive guard. After cutting Kyle Rudolph, maybe restructuring Anthony Barr's contract, maybe cutting Dan Bailey, Britton Colquitt, Vikings will have the cap space to bring in an offensive guard. And it is that needed of a position where the Vikings need an already developed offensive lineman because I have seen enough of Rick Spielman drafting offensive linemen. A lot of Vikings fans are, are saying, Rick Spielman needs to draft an offensive guard in the first round. And while I agree with you, that is the biggest need for the Vikings. I don't want to see it happen again. 
I've seen enough offensive linemen come to this Vikings, put on that uniform, and just flat out suck. I've seen it happen all the time. Take an already developed offensive guard or anywhere on the offensive line, take an already developed player, a veteran player who can come young, uh, work with these young players and come play on this team. Yes, it's going to cost a lot of money, but it is going to be worth it. Especially when you look at what held the Vikings back the most last year. It wasn't rushing the passer. It wasn't coverage. It wasn't our receiving core. It obviously wasn't the run game. I mean, no one's going to argue that. It was protecting Kirk Cousins on the interior side of the line. Riley Reef had a great year. Brian O'Neill had a pretty good year. Our interior side of the offensive line is where the Vikings struggled, and that's where on third down they were always sacked. Kirk Cousins was always sacked, and you hate to see it. With Dakota Dozier now leaving, and no one's going to miss Dakota Dozier, Pat Elfline left, no one's going to miss Pat Elfline. Drew Samia, they should honestly cut him. Now, he's on his rookie contract, so there's really no reason on cutting Drew Samia quite yet. And then you also had Ezra Cleveland, who did not look good at right guard. Our best guard from last year was Brett Jones. And we've seen how Brett Jones can look. We've seen him play as a starter before. He is not a starter. That was our best guard last year, Brett Jones. So Vikings need both left guard and right guard. Now, I would expect them to only have one big signing on the offensive line, and that would probably be at the left guard position, although it could be right guard as well, where you can move Ezra Cleveland to the left guard spot, simply because he was a second-round draft pick. Now, he doesn't look like a starter at all, but you can try to continue to use him. Now, he should be a left tackle in the future, but right now, using him as a left guard is probably where you want to put him at. He's not ready to be a left tackle. So first off, we're going to take a... Someone who is expected to hit the free agent market, and that is Joe Thune, who played 980 snaps in the 2020 season, where he only allowed three sacks and, so and sacked up a 74.2 PFF grade. That's very impressive. He where he would be a starting left guard for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know who would be at the right guard position. Maybe they stick with Ezra Cleveland. Maybe they move someone else, but still, he would be our starting left guard, and this would be a huge relief for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I wanted to see him. I want to see him, and I think it's very possible. I think out of everyone on this list, this is the most possible um, spot for the Minnesota Vikings to get an offensive guard is with Joe Thune. He's a great offensive guard, and he is expected to hit the free agent market, which is kind of surprising because the Patriots do have a lot of cap space, and they can bring him back. His market value is overpaid. I think that's a lot for him. It is fifteen point three million? That would make him one of the most overpaid, or one of the uh, not most overpaid. It would make him, I think, a top three offensive guard paid, but it is worth it. Because when you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, it is worth it to pay him this much money. And I would totally take that. Of course, Vikings will might likely move on from Riley Reef as well, where we will free up more cap space that way. So if the Vikings can get Joe Thune, this would be huge. Put him on. He is 29 years old. I'd put him on a three-year contract with one year of that guaranteed money. And this would be huge for the Vikings if you can get that. Paying him $15.3 is a bit rough. Next up, we have Brandon Sheriff. Now, Brandon Sheriff, uh, right guard with the Washington Washington football team, I was about to say Redskins. Um, with the Washington football team, he is a right guard. Now, he can play both left and right guard. We've seen it happen both with Washington. Vikings should look to Brandon Sheriff before they do anybody else. Now, he's not expected to hit the free agent market as Washington is expected to bring him back, and he does want to play with Washington more. He is not expected to hit the free agent market, but he did have 852 snaps where he only allowed three sacks and had an 84.1 PFF grade. I think that's the second best up on this list. And then his market value is at $12.7 million, which is understandable. That's, that's exactly where he should be. He had a great season last year, and he's probably going to stay with Washington. But if he does not, Vikings can bring him to the team, use him as a starting right guard, maybe Ezra Cleveland as a left guard. Oh, man. I want to see it so bad. 
if the Vikings can get Brandon Sheriff, this would be such a relief for the team. Now, of course, it would hold us, it would hold us back on our cap space, and we wouldn't have the money to play, uh, pay any defensive players. But overall, it would be worth it. If Brandon Sheriff comes to play with the Minnesota Vikings, and we had an offensive line with Riley Reef, Ezra Cleveland as left guard. Hopefully, he looks better. Garrett Bradbury at center, Brian or uh, Brandon Sheriff at right guard, and then Brian O'Neill at right tackle. That would be such a good offensive line. And then as depth, you could bring back Brett Jones. Maybe use Brett Jones as your left guard. Uh, don't, I don't think that's smart at all. And then you can also have Rashad Hill as depth. You, there's a lot of depth in this Vikings offensive line. And then we have Ole Uda, who we haven't seen enough of, but I hope to see more of Ole Uda. Hopefully he doesn't look as bad as Drew Samia was, because one year ago today, we were talking how Drew Samia should be given a chance to prove himself. We were very high on him. I don't want to get high on another offensive guard because... It might end up the same way. And then Kyle Hinton, Kyle Hinton, too. So there's a lot of Vikings depth on the offensive line. We just don't have core starters where the Vikings need to fill and need to bring in a veteran offensive guard, an already developed offensive guard. And then next up, we have Gabe Jackson, offensive guard for the Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders. I'm I, I'm bad at switching to the new names. He is 30 years old and he played 1062 snaps where he didn't allow a single sack in the 2020 season and had a 63.7 PFF grade, whereas market value, I'd put him at under $12 million. This is a player I don't expect to hit the free agent market, as I do think he will go back with the Raiders after having such a good season. But overall, if he does hit the free agent market, he's another player the Vikings have to look at. This is such already, this is like, this is what we're asking for. Three offensive guards in a row where we need we need these veteran offensive guards who have played in the NFL who can develop this offensive line and an already developed offensive guard where the Vikings don't need to draft a player in the first round, an offensive guard in the first round. Bringing in Gabe Jackson would be huge. He would be our starting left guard. I would expect maybe Ezra Cleveland. I, I would just expect the Vikings to still start Ezra Cleveland simply because he was a second round draft pick. Now, of course, when you're grading him off of last year, he did not have a good rookie season. But because he was a second round draft pick in the 2020 draft, I would expect the Vikings to continue to use him and hopefully use him as a left tackle, as I do think this will be Riley Reef's last season with the Minnesota Vikings. And I would expect the uh, Ezra Cleveland to be our starting left tackle. But once again, the way he looked this last year, now, it was his rookie season, and there's a lot of development to go. It was just his rookie season, and I would expect him to look a lot better this next year as it's going to be a second year. I do hope the Vikings can transition into him, but the way it's looking right now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. And that's why we're going to be taking a look at other left tackles that the Vikings should be looking at as the Vikings can also cut Riley Reef. Now, Riley Reef is under contract for one more year, where after a season like that, he should be continuing to play with the Vikings. But once again, he's an aging player, and there's better pieces you can get. And then if you cut him, you can make a lot of your money back, because he's already been guaranteed all of his money. And you can cut Riley Reef, even though he had a good season. You can still cut Riley Reef or maybe trade him. That's another possibility. Next up, we had to put him on the list, and that is Nick Easton, offensive guard with the Saints. Man, can you believe this? I would never expect to be missing Nick Easton. Nick Easton, I'm missing for the Minnesota Vikings. He played two years with the Minnesota Vikings, and there's so many offensive guards who I just missed with the team. When I saw Drew Samia playing, I missed Pat Elfline. Pat Elfline is garbage, and I was missing Pat Elfline. I missed Nick Easton. Vikings should bring him back. He doesn't cost very much. Now, his market... I spelt market value. Well, his market value is under $10 million, and I should 
I would expect the Vikings to look to bring Nick Easton back. Now, he was cut by the team, but I would expect the Vikings to look to bring him back. He played 562 snaps with the New Orleans Saints in 2020, where he allowed two sacks and had a 59.6 PFF grade. So did not have a good season at all. That is not a good season with the New Orleans Saints. So should the Vikings bring him back? It's definitely worth a look. But once again, when you have options like Joe Thune, Brandon Sheriff, and Gabe Jackson, there's no reason why the Vikings should bring back Nick Easton. He would probably be our starting right guard. I wouldn't expect him to be a left guard. I would expect the Vikings to use him as a starting right guard and maybe move Ezra Cleveland to left guard or find someone to be a left guard because I would do not want it to be Nick Easton again. Next up, we have Lane Taylor. Now, Lane Taylor is a player who's who was graded pretty high. Now, he had a pretty good season. Now, he was injured for a majority of the 2020 season, but he is 32 years old, another veteran offensive guard that the Vikings can bring to the team. He played 63 snaps in 2020 where he allowed no sacks and had an 81.9 PFF grade. So a good season. Now, he was injured for a majority of the season where he only played 63 snaps, but once again, he is expected to hit the free agent market where I think the Vikings should look to signing him. Now, again, like I said with Nick Easton, it's just if you cannot... Get Joe Thune, Brennan Sheriff, and Gabe Jackson. These are your tier two offensive guards that you can be looking at for the Minnesota Vikings. So that wraps up our offensive guards. Now we have to take a look at offensive tackles as well, specifically left tackles, because Brian O'Neill is a core starter at right tackle. Now he is injury prone, but he is honestly the only core starter on this Vikings offensive line. I guess you can count in Riley Reef too, but Riley Reef, once again, he might only be here one more year. And for that reason, looking at someone else, is probably the right move. First up, we're going to talk about Trent Williams, a player I really wanted to see the Vikings trade for last year. Riley Reef was coming off of such a bad season, and I wanted to see the Vikings trade for Trent Williams, where he was traded to the 49ers. And it worked out for both sides. Trent Williams is now 33 years old and is very injury prone, but he is 33 years old, played in the NFL a lot, and he most offensive linemen are looking are on the decline at 33 years old but he had possibly his best season at 33 where he played where he played 957 snaps allowed four sacks but had a 91.9 pff grade he was the highest graded offensive lineman by pff in the 2020 season he had such a good season with the san francisco 49ers and is not even expected to be with them anymore simply because he's 33 years old and they would expect him to be on the decline now but his market value is at 18.2 million 18.2 i don't expect the vikings to pay that i don't i don't know in any way where the rick spielman would get himself to pay 18.2 million for a left tackle now he loves his quarterback that much and you should he loves his uh, Kirk cousins that much where he would invest that much into a left tackle but once again with riley reef you have to look at it because trent williams is a massive increase from riley reef but again he's 33 years old you're only going to have him for another for a one-year contract paying him 18.2 million that's a lot if you cut Riley Reef and maybe sign Trent Williams put him on a one-year contract because you're only expected to have uh Riley Reef for one more year I think that's acceptable I think that is acceptable I don't see Rick Spielman making that move but I think that makes sense and then finally we have Russell Okung who is a left tackle for the Carolina Panthers another veteran a player who's played at least 10 years in the NFL 33 years old played 406 snaps where he was injured a lot of the season allowed three sacks and had a 73 pff grade his market value is also under 15 million wow left tackles they make a lot of money they make a lot of money and that's a lot of money where the vikings i think 
another player that would be an increase from Riley Reef. Of course, you can cut Riley Reef and move on to this player, and that would help the Kirk Cousins blind spot where Riley Reef, he had a great season, but is we've seen bad things from Riley Reef too. Now, it wasn't this 2020 season, but years before that, Riley Reef didn't even look like a starter. He was the most overpaid player on the Vikings offensive line two years ago. One year ago, he was the most overpaid player on the offensive line. So maybe cutting him is a good move. Because, of course, you look at this last season and moving on from Riley Reef doesn't seem like a possibility. But all in all, you look at his career as a whole. What if he has another bad year? If next year he has a bad year, that might ruin our entire season. And that's where the Vikings, maybe looking for Trent Williams or Russell Kung, might be a good move. Let me know what y'all think. That's going to wrap up episode 87 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy listening to this episode. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football-related content. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Morning Kickoff. Have a great day.